Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Our sponsor this week is Hayloft Plants Limited. They're at Pershaw in Worcestershire. Hello and welcome. To this week in the garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, and a bit of timely advice on all things gardening. We've had some uh, pretty hot days, very hot on Saturday, and then a day or so overcast, which uh, was a relief, but I'm afraid very little rain on the east coast here. Although, even so, plant growth is a uh, pretty good. Popular crops like tomatoes, courgettes, runner beans, all growing uh, pretty well. And where they've been given a bit of extra water, then the dahlias are looking pretty lush and have uh, plenty of promise. Now, when it comes to news, it's a potting compost. And over the first week of July, they were 43% up on the same period last year. You know, for July, that's... a uh, a pretty big increase. Garden centre sales overall have been higher than the last four years since week 20, according to Garden Trade News EPOS analysis. So, on the gardening front, looks as if we're all very busy and the uh, gardening world pretty lively. I do worry a bit about the kinds of tomato plants on sale. Why is Moneymaker still number one in the top 50 veg-to-grow charts? And the much better-tasting Gardener's Delight down at number 11. And more recent, uh, Sweet Aperitif, uh, which uh, again was bred for flavour, that's way down at 24. I think they should be uh, well above Moneymaker, if you're growing your own and you really want something which is uh, quite tasty to eat. I do hear that efforts are being made to clean up the tomato gardener's delight. I mean, that's an open-seeded variety that's been knocking about for a good few years now. Uh, and some stocks are not as good as they should be. And so, uh, with a bit of luck, if somebody does work away and get it back closer to the uh, original... That'll be in all our interests. This week, it's Farm Safety Week, when the focus of attention is to save lives. It's really worrying when we hear that 20 farm workers lost their lives in the year 2019 to 2020. It was a 37% decrease on the previous year, so there is some hope, because in the year before, 32 people died. I was interested to see that workers over 55 are disproportionately at risk, with those over 65s at a six times higher risk of being killed 
on their job when compared to the 16 to 24 year age group. What does that mean? Are we not quite so quick to respond? Or are the younger people better equipped to handle the modern high-tech machinery? Whatever it is, we need to be very careful when uh, handling machines. There is some good news. The Newton Tree Nursery near Elgin got down to raising 9 million tree seedlings in 19 days recently, working 11 to 12 hour shifts for 19 days. Now this process would normally take 25 days employing 14 staff and Forestry and Land Scotland have an annual requirement of 20 million tree seedlings and Newton is one of three sites raising them from seed. Alan Duncan, Head of Plants and Seed Supply, said that with the arrival of lockdown, we feared the loss of a year's production because the seasonal window for sowing is so short. The Newton staff has certainly saved the day by their Herculean seed sowing efforts. The other news, really, much closer to home, the judging panel that are going to assess the Fluoroselect Rudbeckia trial met for the first time. Twelve good folk and true went down all of the 80-plus cultivars, gave them their critical eye, and there are some cracking entries in that trial. They will meet again in August and September, and so these plants have to perform pretty well over the whole of the summer months. Anybody interested in growing this uh, popular coneflower or black-eyed Susan, as it's uh, commonly called, should certainly make their way to Hyde Hall. They are spectacular. Uh, and if uh, you're going to grow some, then you might as well have the best, and you can certainly pick the good from the not-so-good in that trial. <laughs> What are the popular questions this week? Well, several of you are asking about black fly. If you see ants running up and down plant stems, the chances are they're uh, are aphid about, green fly, black fly, or some kind of fly. And the black fly is really quite uh, difficult to control once it really gets a grip and is uh, present on plants in big numbers. You know, they say that the best fertiliser is a farmer's boots and it's much the same with gardeners. If you can be just walking around your plot each day with a sharp eye and as soon as you see a problem like one or two black fly, if you hit those specifically and stop them breeding into big numbers, it will be a, a great help. I've found that the SB plant invigorator and bug control is uh, pretty effective on uh, all kinds of aphid but again you know if you can uh, hit the first infection then it'll be much easier to control them. When it comes to advice there's still time to thin some of the sowings of uh, annual flowers I've sown several rows of sunflowers, for example, and sowed them a little thicker than was needed. 
and I can go along now, water the row really well, and then with the trowel, take out the surplus with as big a root ball as possible and certainly as much root as I can, and then transplant them. Give that treatment to seniors uh, too if they're a bit thick down the row. And it's surprising. For a day or two, the transplants look pretty sick. You know, they flop and wilt and you need to keep the roots really moist. But within a week, they'll have rooted out, the stems will be up and away they go again. It was a tip I picked up in the uh, Monet Garden in France. There they had rows of cold frames uh, with a range of hardy annuals, uh, including, if I remember correctly, calendula and cornflower and even antirrhinums. They were just grown in the soil and when they were six or eight inches high, troweled out and then transplanted into gaps in borders and of course they'd be in flower so much quicker given that treatment. Our interview this week is with Bruce Harnett. He's Managing Director of Kernock Park Plants down in Cornwall. A second generation nurseryman because his dad Richard founded the business back in 1981 with wife Jan. Now Bruce and his business are the nursery that provide lots of uh, small plants for Victorian bedding. And I've been wanting to know uh, what specials he's planted for us this year. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, how are things in the sunny southwest, Bruce? Well, just at the minute, it's not so sunny, Peter. <laughs> Um, no, quite cloudy, but quite warm. Just been outside in the glass houses now, so it's fine. I can't complain. We have enjoyed a lot of good sunshine through the spring and early summer. We just hope that now, particularly as people start to get out and about, that it can actually start to enjoy their gardens with a little bit more freedom and, of course, get out and to spend some money in the uh, community. Yeah. Now, can you set the scene a bit for us? How did Kernock Park Plant start? I had to have a chat with my dad, Richard, and I could never actually get a date out of him. And I said, well, I need to know when to celebrate these things, you know, when the milestones come around. So uh, um, we eventually got out of the fact that the first accounts were posted in 1981. So um, that was officially my, my start date. So yeah, next year, 2021, we'll be celebrating 40 years. Um, and that was a period of time at that time in, in the early 80s that 
my dad um, was advising for um, ADAS, uh, uh, an agricultural advisory board. And he was doing that very happily. He moved to Cornwall to uh, go to a local research uh, station and that was closed. And then he was moved to Exeter. Then he went to uh, Bristol and, and it was all becoming quite a long way to travel for him um, in those days. Uh, roads were a little bit slower. Um, so by the mid 80s, he started, I think it was 86, 87, I think he uh, stopped working for ADAS and started growing things like uh, tomatoes and strawberries and lettuces to start with, then started supplying local uh, distributors and garden centres, visited the United States of America in the mid 80s and started seeing some of the interesting ideas they had there and had links with some um, European growers and, and together they were uh, picking up some of the, what now are very much commodity lines uh, that we think of for basket and patio lines. And in those days, it was really exciting to see things like helichrysum as a, as a trailing basket plant. Then came the onset of things like the petunia, the saphinia. Together with a few others, my dad really coined the, the term patio plant because up to that point, it was very much seed-grown bedding was, was the thing. And it wasn't until the early to mid-90s that some of the larger producers started turning their head a little bit at what was going on down here because we were making some good sales of some of these new varieties and um, some of the big seed companies were looking at uh, over our garden fence, as it were, and thinking they wanted a piece of that. And suddenly it really took off in the mid-90s into the noughties. It's the 30th anniversary of Safinia. And I suppose the introduction of that and the number of cuttings that must have been rooted over the 30 years must be uh, extraordinary. And and that's your business then, uh, uh, rooting cuttings and establishing little plants that then go on to other people to grow on. Correct, yes. So moving on from what my dad was doing back in the 80s, where we were supplying uh, distributors and uh, garden centres directly, we essentially came up the supply chain to become a specialist propagator of um, mostly uh, vegetative cutting-raised plants, but also quite a bit of seed seed plants as well, herbs and perennials, that sort of thing. We produce around 12 to 13 million young plants every year. Um, 80% of what we produce would go to a professional grower that would simply finish those plants into a larger pot. Now, 12 to 13 million is uh, quite a lot of plants. Uh, but, you, you know, from what you've said, a very innovative uh, business down there in Cornwall. What have you got in line for us? I mean, will we have new plants from Kernock in 2021? We've got, we've got stacks of new plants. You know, we've got up to 500 or more different products in, in trial here at any one time in their trial. Five, five, in 500? 500, yeah, absolutely, from lots of different breeders, uh, network of breeders um, all around the world, including uh, probably the majority coming through um, what we call the Proven Winner Network, um, a, a brand of plants which uh, we put in and they've got a kind of a seal of approval from many different um, nurseries, growers and distributors around the world. And we sell uh, a good number here, um, but it's uh, it came a little bit later here, so it's difficult to um, penetrate the market. A lot of the garden centres, uh, we find that they want to, to sell our proven winner uh, plants under um, their brands. Um, so we are, have been working and will continue to work very hard 
to make sure that they understand that we can add the value to that by giving the consumer the information. From the um, homeowner and the average gardener's point of view, um, if they see the programme win a brand, what will you have selected out on their behalf? What are you looking for that makes these new offers better in terms of the gardener? So... I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie and say that the the, the other things that we're not we're, that we don't put under the proven winner brand are necessarily inferior because we still go through a lot of the same trial process. But the proven winner trial process is such uh, an extensive trial, a minimum of two years and usually longer that we would then trial. And we've got just as I look out the window right now, we've got hundreds of different plants which we'll then trial the existing ones with the the potential new ones. Um, different habits of the same variety, maybe one flowers for a little bit longer. So we really are trying to choose the best plants for the grower, the producer, uh, so that then comes onto the retail benches, um, looks great for the, the consumer, but is also great in the garden. So the garden performance is absolutely key in the whole process. So when you buy a proven winners, you can really have trust and faith and confidence that that plant is going to do what it says it's going to given the right uh, conditions and environment. And can you mention one or two that uh, come to the top of that list for the coming season? We've got some incredible new Calabrocoa. Some people would call them the, uh, the the mini petunias. So we've got some great varieties such as uh, Holy Cow and Holy Smokes under the uh, the Calabrocoa. We've got a sister variety to, a, to a, uh, one of the top-selling proven winner varieties in Europe, which is... Uh, a Euphorbia Diamond Frost, which uh, now with a sister variety, a slightly more compact, heavy uh, flowering variety called Diamond Snow. And now just got, a minute, um, we need to describe that a little bit. Those diamonds, they're almost like froth, aren't they? Like um, gypsophila. Um, that's it. It's a bit like a gypsophila. So Diamond Diamond Frost is, um, I think, 15, 15 years old now, and it was uh, a bit of a, a groundbreaking um, introduction because no one had really seen it. It's actually related uh, to the poinsettia, and so the the flower is almost like white bracts, so they're brilliant for mixing with um, different basket and patio uh, plants. So it really gives you this airy white feel. Um, this diamond snow is is, is not too con- overly congested. Some of the previous ones we've tried a little bit too too congested you can still see the green foliage which i think is always important but it's a it's a like i say it's a tight mound to to hug the sides of containers and baskets um we've got addition to the petunia you mentioned the savinia earlier of course some people only know petunia is savinia that's the kind of uh, uh, the 90s uh, um, name stuck if you like and people often ask us well, what savinia do you have and we say well it's it's petunia and we have uh, uh, petunias uh, such as the Vista series. We've got Vista Bubblegum, which is an absolutely incredible uh, variety. Really good, good for and tolerant of our. That that sounds like an American name. Yeah, it is. Gum, a, well, hey? It is actually a, an American <laughs> name, but uh, but it's and and it's one of the top selling uh, American varieties. Funnily enough. Um, and the Vista series is big and bold and brash and really does. It's a bit like a thug, but it's so strong. And it will uh, take all the UK weather will throw at it, whether it be the cold, the wet, the damp. It always looks really good. A lot of the petunias that uh, uh, people will will buy look fantastic on the bench, um, but often um, they don't quite live up to the United Kingdom, um, let's say, variable uh, summer conditions. As well as basket and container 
plants, uh, you have quite a corner mm. in Victorian bedding. We do. Now, can you tell us, how, how do you do that, first of all? So I think what you're, you're referring to is, um, is the carpet bedding and uh, Instaplant that we, that we produce. So, so essentially, um, uh, I'll describe uh, what, it, what it is uh, that we're talking about here. Carpet bedding is essentially a Victorian um, a tradition where um, the Victorians would put on their parterres, on their stately homes and in parks, parks and gardens would put um, very intricate, uh, detailed uh, designs in plants. And they decided that uh, flowers weren't going to do it. One, because the, the longevity of the flowers wasn't always great. So they'd look good for a few weeks um, and then be basically just green. Um, so they decided to use these things such as alternanthra and sedums and antenaria and lots of low-growing carpet plants, um, which are colourful. Um, and uh, we've been producing those, um, well, for probably 30 years for... Uh, local authorities, parks and gardens, that they produce their displays, you know, the typical displays in on roundabouts and um, and uh, at, uh, at businesses and corporate corporations and, and societies and clubs and that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, you but you've really made it this year, haven't you? You've you've disturbed the very formal bedding in the front of Buckingham Palace. I mean, <laughs> you you must have reached the heights. If you can change that scheme after 60 or 70 years, well... Yes, that we knew that we were doing this NHS uh, display. So we also create the actual designs uh, in Instaplant. So it's a computer-aided design system where um, customers can approach us and we'll agree the colours and, and everything. We'll produce it and they literally will uh, have it delivered uh, to their site and they just have to take it out of the trays, put it on the bed, and then it will grow into that bed it's literally like placing carpet tiles or a very easy jigsaw. So this is what we did just uh, towards the middle end of April when uh, the customer contacted us and said they were thinking about doing um, NHS uh, celebration uh, beds in front of Buckingham Palace. The Queen wanted to do this. So we made these these displays with about 42,000 plants in all together. 42,000 plants? 42,000 just in those. in those, uh, And then they added some more, um, more traditional... Um, bedding plants in the middle to make the actual letters. So we 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 actually uh, just supplied the the out the outer edges of the uh, bed, uh, which was a combination of echeveria, um, sedum, and a thing called uh, senecio clinia, uh, which is kind of all of those are kind of bluey, steely blue, glaucous grey um, foliage, and it made really quite a nice pattern. So it wasn't just a very boring sort of singular colour. It was actually quite a nice mix in the end. Um, but it was all uh, produced pretty pretty quickly. We had the plants that we had, and obviously we were still going through a lot of these troubles at the time uh, when they asked us. And we, we, we essentially said, right, we've got these plants. Will that do? And they said, yes, that would be great. And uh, we did it and sent it up, and it looks looks fantastic. Uh, one or two tips for people. I mean, if, if they're having a go at uh, that Victorian-style carpet bedding, once the tiny plants are put in position, what sort of care do they need? Well, if you're choosing the right ones, uh, they don't really need a huge amount of care. I mean, the, 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 the ones that we primarily use, I would say, are the summer, um, summer varieties, which have got the best colour, has to be said. Um, we often produce winter displays. 
but they don't always have the vivid uh, colours of the summer. The things like the Altenanthra are the staple of the, uh, the carpet bedding world, uh, the bright, bright reds and oranges and yellows. Um, and um, you can't always achieve, particularly the reds um, uh, in, um, in winter. But if you, if you choose those, those right varieties for a summer display, you can make a small um, you know, one by one metre type of display, you know, put the uh, sand, draw the, the lines and, and make any pattern. It doesn't have to be too formal or, or um, it can just be a, a anything you want. It'd be a love heart or, or whatever. Yes, plant them in, uh, look after them, particularly in the first instance, make sure they're watered in well. If you think that you're going to struggle to to keep them in your particular soil, um, well watered or, or the right balance of water, then maybe you best to be growing them on into a slightly larger pot so that they're a little bit more, um, we've got a bit more tolerance of the vagaries of the weather. Um, but yes, uh, you know, plant away and um, you can enjoy it at least through the summer. And if you use hardy hardy uh, varieties such as Sempervivum and Sedum, then that can be extended into the winter. Yeah. And, and finally, what about a tip or two for those people uh, caring for patio pots and hanging baskets? Well, I think... Probably the biggest issue that people will experience when they, they've got issues with their patio baskets and pots, I would say, will be um, a combination uh, or one or other of uh, water and feed. Um, they need to be watered probably more than most people would imagine in, in the majority. That's not everything because, of course, there are a lot of drought-tolerant plants and we're producing more and more drought-tolerant plants as well. Um, but make sure they've got enough water for their needs um, and particularly through the summer, just, just uh, you know, moist. Um, and then as you go uh, past that, the dry side of moist um, and the feed is, is important. Make sure you've got a good incorporated, um, I would suggest a slow release fertilizer to start with in the soil. And then after a, f- a month or two, when that starts running out, you could just start to see the leaves little bit um, uh, going a bit yellow in, in for a green leaf variety for example then you know make sure you su- supply a little bit of nutrition yeah Bruce it's great to chat to you I haven't been to I haven't been to London I don't think for three months but I must make the effort see if I can find a way to go and see those Buckingham Palace beds well there's lots of other beds around the country as well Peter so uh, including the, the NHS beds we, we've sent to Staffordshire um, Solly Hole and uh, Leicester, I think we've, we've, we've sent sort of NHS beds alone. Bruce, thanks very much. Look forward to seeing you sometime soon, but thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. And for my tailpiece, it was really a comment from Lucy Chamberlain, the popular columnist in... Uh, amateur gardening who reports blackbirds pecking at uh, discovery apples uh, in her garden and asking why they just take a peck out of a whole number of fruits instead of just uh, pecking at one and leaving the rest undamaged. (laughs) That's so often uh, a question. I notice they're the same on my early plums. You know, they don't just stick with one. They just have a peck here, a peck there. I don't know whether they're trying to find the uh, the sweetest fruit or what it is. The thing that struck me about uh, Lucy's comment was that uh, if the blackbirds are going for discovery apples, 
that's very early. It is one of the earliest apples to ripen, uh, and a very tasty one too if you pick it fully ripe off the tree. But it's the first week in August usually when we start to think about that, not uh, in mid-July. Well, I hope the birds aren't pecking too many of your fruits and look forward to being back with you next week. Our sponsor this week is Hayloft Plants Limited. They're at Pershaw in Worcestershire. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.